What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, the Redhead Official Podcast. My name is Lee Smith, host of the Redhead Official Podcast. So happy to have you back. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for dropping by. I'll try my best not to suck. If you are a returning listener, so thankful, so very thankful you are back trying to grow this podcast one listener at a time, one listen at a time. So I really appreciate you. Hey, over 40 men, how would you like to drop up to 20 pounds in as little as 30 days? Think it's impossible? Well, think again, it's not impossible. And you can do that for just $1 for a 30-day trial. How? Well, through the Funkster, Funk Roberts Over 40 Alpha program gives you, gives us, uh, awesome workouts that won't leave us dead okay because there's a high emphasis on rest and recovery uh all the nutrition information we will ever need plus live coaching plus a meal plan now you may be asking who is funk roberts and why is he qualified to point us in the right direction well funk roberts is a former pro volleyball player a uh, current mixed martial arts trainer and fighter. And he is a certified metabolic trainer who has an Amazon best best-selling book right now called Rapid Body Makeover. You can get that on Amazon right now. And he's about to drop, I actually think it comes out today or tomorrow, his next book, which is called Over 40 Shred. Okay, um, so... Uh, even if you are maybe are not at a point where you're ready to fork over the $1, you can go to Amazon and get either or both of those books. But in the meantime, if you go to the over 40 men's guide to fitness.com, that's the over 40 with 40 being the number 40 men's guide to fitness.com. You can cop my ebook, fitness psychology, five proven methods, uh, to help you overcome self-doubt. When you're there, you get your free copy and you'll have access to a link to your $1 trial with Funk Roberts, over 40 albums. So uh, that's there for you if you think you want to try it out. All right. So let's get into it. I have a lot to cover today. Hopefully uh, I can get through it all. So um, years ago, years ago when I was working with my dad in insurance okay in the office you know every now and again we'd pause from work and we would have conversations about whatever and one day I posed the question like what is the shelf life of interest in a sport and the reason why I thought about that was because you know it occurred to me that Um, that in the 20th century, horse racing was huge at, at one point. And, and by the way, you know, you, um, find out that horse racing throughout the, the, uh, millennia has been really big. Um, boxing used to be really big, different sports. Um, and just, you know, just just wondering, uh, hypothetically, I mean, like, realistically, 
do we really think that there will be a National Football League 100 years from from now? I mean, I don't think that that's a realistic thought. Um, and I think it's even less likely now. Uh, or and, and even if it does exist still, will it still have the same uh, popularity and all that type of stuff? Um, NBA the same way. National Hockey League and all stuff like uh, Major League, uh, uh, you know, the, the just like you just wonder baseball, hockey, football, basketball, will they continue to be viable profit centers? And I wondered about that, right? And so um, I actually did a little research to, today that. I found fascinating and uh, I want to share it here. Um, it's kind of long. I won't read the entire article here, but uh, ancient Roman sports. Uh, ancient Romans played a variety of sports, which included both indoor and outdoor sports. Imagine that 2000 years ago, just about Rome also took various sports from ancient uh, Greece and changed their ritualistic nature into a display of physical strength and endurance. The wealthy Romans had large playing fields and structures known as gymnasia and palestrae. That's where the palestra comes comes from. You know, the things that you learn, man. Hopefully I'm saying that right. In their villas. So these people were so rich they had sporting venues in their villas, okay? The sports were often played at these places since it was considered a status symbol for the rich. <laughs> Not much has changed, huh? Eventually, the patronage of the empire for sports came about in the era of Emperor Nero when the first public gymnasium was built followed by giant amphitheaters. With passage of time, violent sports and large amphitheaters became one of the symbols of Roman power. See any similarities here? Just a bit. Emperor Nero ruled Rome from 37 AD to 68 AD, and it was during his reign that large-scale state patronage of sports began. This resulted in in the construction of large amphitheaters for various sports, in particular, the violent fights of the uh, gladiators. Before Nero, the rich people personally financed sports in the gymnasia constructed in their villas. The amphitheaters constructed by the government were large stadiums with racetracks. These amphitheaters also had chambers for wild animals, and chapels where the players could pray. <laughs> Man, the amphitheaters were, therefore, the epitome of ancient Roman sports. And it goes on here to talk about some of the different sports they had. Chariot racing. Chariot racing evidently was, was huge. It says here uh, that the intense interest of Romans in this game often resulted in clashes between the supporters of different teams. There were teams for this stuff and even caused political conflicts. 
Due to these problems, later Roman and Byzantine emperors appointed officials to ensure the peaceful nature of the game. Gladiator fighting. Gladiator fights were among the bloodiest of all Roman sports. Gladiators were armed combatants who entertained the audience through their bloody fights with other gladiators. But the fights were not just restricted to humans and often other and often they had confrontations with wild animals. Most of the gladiators were slaved who were nourished under harsh conditions and remained segregated throughout their lives and even after their death. The bloody fights were loved by the Romans because they embodied the martial ethics of ancient Rome and they enjoyed popular acclaim. The exact origins of the game are hard to trace, but it is thought to have started sometime around the 3rd century BC. And they had boxing and hoop hoop rolling. Uh, evidently, that was really violent too. Uh, oh, no, 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 this actually wasn't violent. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Roman ball, ball game, there was something about the size of a softball. Uh... So yeah, so there were lots of of games, but the point is this, and I'm going to tie this back to LeBron James and the NBA players and the woke movement and all this and the NFL, you know, and so forth, is that nothing lasts forever, okay? It doesn't. And it's hubris to think that you have something that's so precious that it can't go away and ratings for the NBA right now are at a 40-year low and when you think about what it took like all of the heavy lifting that it took to build the NBA into the juggernaut that it is and for it to go away And I'm not saying that it's gone yet, but what I'm saying is that for it to be in such a state of disrepair in terms of its ratings and for no reason, really, I mean, like we understand that ratings for TV are down everywhere because people are not watching as much TV. Okay, we understand that, but there are levels to this and just two two years ago, the ratings for the um, Golden State Warriors versus the Houston Rockets in the semifinals. Uh, so we're just talking 2018. Uh, total viewership was something like 9.5 million viewers. Um, game five of the Lakers Nuggets was 4.75, I think it is, million viewers. How do you lose 5 million viewers in two years? Well, you do it by what they're they're doing, which is uh, just a plethora of self-inflicted damage, like death, death by a thousand cuts of uh, alienating your audience of making everything 
political, everything racial, even when it isn't, of helping to disseminate a false narrative of being so tone deaf and so hypocritical. It's like, and I point to LeBron because he is the face of the league and he is certainly not doing anything to try to bring some sanity to this. If anything, he's an instigator for insanity. (laughs) And it's as though as great as he is, as high as his basketball IQ is, it's like his IQ for this issue and these issues is that that low. I mean, it's um, I mean, it's just like you just wonder, like, how is that possible? Like, how can somebody and then, you know, like you wonder if there's some deep seated issue here because his dad, um, the man alleged to be his dad. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not sure if he's still living, but in his day, he was a career uh, criminal. And so, I don't know, maybe there's some deep-seated projection there or whatever the psychological term is. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to play... Uh, pop psychologist for for um, something that that I don't know but it's something that did cross my my mind I actually saw somebody mention this uh, in a YouTube feed yesterday and I was like you know what I wonder about that that now but the point is that it's absolutely awful man and um, uh, just because you're here today metaphorically doesn't mean that you'll be here tomorrow and mark mark cuban uh made the comment yesterday uh or maybe tuesday about um about uh we have the audience that our advertisers want um you know you've heard other things about people talking about wealth you know the people that have left the nba you know we don't need them anyway I mean are you insane and I know it's presumptuous of me to tell a billionaire how to run his 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 business or messages that he should be disseminating but you know what it'll just have to be like that it's absolute insanity and uh I said it before and I will say it again. They need to cut ties with the whole woke woke movement and throw themselves on the mercy of the court and try to get back into good back into the good graces of everybody. But you know, if uh, they don't care, I don't care, right? All right. Anyway. Now, um there was another thing here that I wanted to talk about here I have to find it um yeah let's see here you know it's amazing you pull up this stuff you want to talk about it and then you just lose it oh that was it yeah so now changing gears entirely here 
Um, I read an article today. It's talking about uh, this just came across in the news. JP Morgan will record, will pay record settlement to resolve spoofing against 15 traders. Um, evidently, spoofing is the practice of, oh, my goodness, you know what? I'm going to have to end this here. <laughs> my goodness. Hey, you are on the podcast right now, so I'm going to have to end the podcast one second. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And hey, I was. The topic? I can't call in. What's the topic? Uh, well, it's actually. <laughs> um, it's multiple topics. One of them was. Um, I just uh, talked about how um, sports throughout the ages, I went back to ancient Rome. And well, I was going to tell you, and then the whole thought was um, like pro sports have a shelf life and that the sports that were the it thing back in ancient Roman times aren't now and how maybe the sports that we have now that appear to be, um, you know, um, impossible to fail how this how maybe the social justice wokeness movement has precipitated the fail you know and so yeah and then but then i was also i had just ended that and i was about to talk about uh jp morgan and the like the 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 920 million dollar fine they have to pay and how nobody's named in the fine. Like I was about to say that if I went out here and uh, shoplifted a package of veggie burgers, <laughs> that that my name would be out there. So how is it that a person or you know a series of individuals? There's actually uh, 15 individuals that manipulated the the markets which resulted in you know losses for investors of something like uh i want to say like 900 million dollars or something like basically the fine uh jp morgan has to pay is a is a record fine are you leaving Um, okay all right cool all right Well, I guess we continue. You know, it's the beauty of a live podcast. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you know, like I say, I don't edit anything. We don't edit here. I mean, now, I probably will at some some point, but uh, we don't edit now. So, yeah, I was about to say, um, spoofing typically involves flooding derivatives markets with orders that traders don't intend to execute to trick others into moving prices in a desired direction. The practice has become a focus for prosecutors and regulators in recent years after lawmakers specifically prohibited it in 2010. While submitting and canceling orders isn't illegal, it is unlawful as part of a strategy intended to dupe other traders. So it's all about intent, right? 
So, so this was an eight-year hustle. Uh, yeah, yeah, so here we go. The New York-based lender will pay the biggest monetary penalty ever imposed by the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, including a $436.4 million fine, $311 million in restitution, and more than $172 million in disgorgement. I'm not sure what that means, according to a CFTC statement. The CFTC said its order will recognize an offset restitution and disgorgement payments made to the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission. The Justice Department resolution requires that more than $300 million of the penalty be set aside to cover potential victims who could apply for relief through the government. For nearly a decade, a significant number of J.P. Morgan traders and sales personnel openly disregarded U.S. laws that serve to protect against illegal activity in the marketplace, said Assistant Director in Charge William F. Sweeney Jr. of the FBI's New York field office. J.P. Morgan, in a statement, said it doesn't expect any disruption of service to clients as a result of the resolutions. <laughs> so they still have have clients <laughs> people aren't leaving and going hey you know what i can't muck with you anymore man i'm out of here no nothing's gonna happen they they're just gonna pay and keep it moving so it says here the conduct of the individuals referenced in today's resolutions is unacceptable and they are no longer with the firm said daniel pinto a co-president of uh jp morgan we appreciate that the considerable resources we've dedicated to internal controls was recognized by the DOJ, including enhancements to compliance policies, surveillance systems, and uh, training programs. Under the settlement, the bank is required to cooperate with the government's ongoing investigations and prosecutions. That includes making current and former employees available for interviews or testimony. But yeah, I mean, how is it possible that there could be a crime that big, all right, and we don't know anybody's name? I mean, really, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it really helps to support or to legitimize the people who uh, point out that it really is a top-down justice system here. And that even though um, it is, by most accounts, the best justice system in the world, it isn't perfect. Nothing is. And this is one of the things. I mean, like, how is it that these people's names aren't even out there? Um, it's a slap in the face to all of the people who don't have the resources to be able to conduct white collar crime on this type of level okay that have to resort to hustling on the block or uh, credit card fraud or robbing people at gunpoint or you know, whatever else people do, okay? But these people, 
were able to, and, and by the way, it's the level of greed, meaning if you're working at JP Morgan, you generally come from money, I would assume anyway. And even if you didn't come from money, if you're trading, you have money. Like money isn't the issue, okay? But it's the lust for more money, uh, whether you've actually earned it or you haven't. And it's disgusting. It is. So uh, definitely, um, I want to give a big um, boo. (laughs) Boo to... J.P. Morgan Chase and a big boo to the Department of Justice, which is not going to force the names of these 15 um, individuals to be named. And it looks like they only are not going to be able to work there, but they'll be able to work elsewhere. So what's up with that? Right. You know, I mean, it, it's just disgusting. Maybe more charges will come later, but as it stands now, it doesn't look like anybody is going to jail. Okay. Uh, I find that to be highly reprehensible. All right. Um, lastly, uh, to kind of just jump, jump back to LeBron and all that, once again, man, um, there, um, this whole Jacob Blake situation, okay, it, the, 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 um, uh, protesting and all that stuff about this guy is so misgotten, is so out of pocket, is so out in left field, uh, and, and, and to, to put your whole golden goose of the NBA, the NFL, pro sports uh, in harm's way for a person with that kind of of um, uh, criminal jacket who was engaged in what he was engaged in at the time that he was was shot is simply madness and um it also speaks to how you know it's just a mad lynch mob you know that the cop that shot him um who has been painted as some racist and all this type of stuff by many people that don't know anything about him other than he's he's white. You know, this guy uh, is a cycling coach for at-risk youth. Now, what kind of kids do we think these at-risk youth are? Okay, do you think there's probably at least some of these kids that are black I mean, is that a reasonably uh, intelligent uh, suggestion? Okay. Uh, This guy was 10 years on the force. Okay. 
He didn't have one blemish on his record for any sort of police brutality, excessive force, or anything like that. And by all accounts, the guy is a good dude. Okay. He hadn't, I mean, the guy had, had, uh, hadn't even shot at anybody for the entire 10 years. Okay. But serving a, not a, you know, warrant, but, but, uh, uh, trying to get this guy in pocket and the dude's wilding out and they do what they have to do. And by the way, they they didn't even go right to um, shooting him, which everybody knows at this point, but somehow that isn't even relevant because it doesn't fit the narrative. So, hey, look, man, Bron is a fantastic player. I marvel at him, but bruh you are way out of pocket on this case and not just you but your nba buddies nfl buddies major league baseball buddies national hockey league buddies some of them uh college basketball players the women's uh sports players who are supporting a guy with a punk charges jacket hey look you need to check yourselves anyway guys that's my show i will see you again next time on the redhead official podcast this is lee smith for the redhead redhead official podcast thank you so much